Hello, welcome back to the Cheese Sticks and the Seven Level Podcast. My name, of course, is Dylan Count Crowley. You should know by now who I'm joined by, that being Austin Mancini. Austin, let's get right into it. Uh, the Eagles are coming off, uh, what is it, their third straight loss, fourth straight loss? Third, yes, sir. Uh, last, last night to the uh, Seattle Seahawks uh, by a final score of 23-17, but... It really wasn't that close. The Eagles got a touchdown and a two-point conversion in the final 30 seconds uh, to make it a one-score game there at the end. Didn't get the onside kick, but uh, they, I don't think they had a, a chance to score again anyway. Uh, that being said, it, it, it was an ugly game from start to finish by the Eagles. Doug Peterson uh, had his... I I I, even, I don't even know how to describe his coaching performance. It was uninspiring, uninspired, pretty much. Yeah, I for the last couple of weeks, I've kind of just been done with him, with his attitude, the the narcissistic you know attitude he gives in the press conferences, and he and him and Carson mimic each other, not in the sense that, um. You know, they're, you know, the turnovers and everything. Just, I think they don't know how to fix this. And and yeah. Doug's play calling shows it. And Carson, you know, Carson's body language to me, it doesn't show someone who, you know, who, like, is getting upset with the receivers and, you know, is throwing a fit like Eli Manning does. It's one of those, mm-hmm. he looks so confused and personally doesn't know how to fix what is happening. Yeah, he looks defeated out there. He really does. Uh, and, I mean, it. last night I was, like, I don't even know what I expect out of him anymore. And that's, it's, I don't want to say it's heartbreaking, but it, it's. But it's it is. So, no, but it is. It is, because. Because we know what he could be. Yeah. Uh, but he just isn't that player that he used to be. And I don't know, is that because of coaching? Is that because he's been lazy when it comes to, you know, watching film and improving his mechanics or what? But, I mean, just he, he'll he have some plays where he looks great. Yeah, it looks like uh, 2017. I mean, first half of yesterday's game, Carson was absolutely horrible. At one point, I think he was 3 for 11. Mm-hmm. But then in the second half, there was times where he looked like he was getting... He wasn't looking... I mean, No, like but he started to get in a rhythm. Yeah, he was in a rhythm. He was playing pretty well, all things considered. And then he has that absolute horrible interception. Uh, was that the third quarter or fourth quarter? I think the fourth. fourth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it was fourth down, and I know, they... and I know Dallas Goddard took the blame for that. Um, I mean, that's on both of them. You know, if Carson Carson thought he was going that way, he thought he was going that way. You know, there's there's a miscommunication, but that seems to be a trend all year. You know, is there is a miscommunication somewhere? And there was a play. There was a play at one point where Jalen Rager is practically jumping up and down because no one is covering him 
at the line of scrimmage. Nobody. Mm-hmm. And and Carson didn't yeah. throw it. To, for whatever reason, yeah. he went somewhere else. I mean, on that fourth quarter pass that got intercepted, uh, there's about three other guys he could have thrown it to mm-hmm. and gotten the first down there. But, I mean, Richard Rodgers was wide open across the middle. Uh, just easy check down pass, gets a first down. Uh, I think Rager was, or uh, Fulgham was wide open on the uh, right side of the field. And I think Jeffrey uh, had his guy beat going down the sideline. And if Carson throws a decent pass, that could end up as a touchdown as well. But he decides to throw it to the guy who's throwing, who's running a comeback route or a hitch route. Mm-hmm. I forget which one it was, which I just... I question why you pick that that route to throw to. And I th- um, I do think it's it's a lot of things. Getting back to the original point is, I think it's coaching yeah. in the sense that he responds the best to hard coaching. We have talked about this multiple times, and however, he didn't really like the hard coaching. So I think no. that's part of it when it comes to the mechanics. I think another part is he doesn't trust this offensive line at all. This is the 10th configuration yeah. of this offensive line. And, and and it's not any better. Yeah, and I, I understand where he's coming from, but at the same time, there are times he has four seconds, five seconds to get rid of the ball, and he doesn't do it. And I think he doesn't trust the uh, receivers at this point, and... Doug's not helping him. You know, I think he rolled out once um, yesterday. Yeah, he had one rollout. And, uh, I mean, the Eagles, the the, uh, the entire game was, the play calling was horrendous. I mean, we say it every week, but Doug has to give up play calling. And I know I think today in his press conference, he said that it's a possibility that there's a change uh, when it comes to play calling. But, I mean, uh, I don't even think he I, meant it, to be honest. Probably not. He was probably just doing it to make everybody the happy. Way, and the way I interpreted it, because of the way he said it, was like, yeah, now I finally am considering it, but I'm not really going to do it. You know, like, yeah. I'm going to say it. That way, like you said, everyone's content. Oh, Doug's considering it. But he's not going to give it up. He he yeah. he personally doesn't think there's anything wrong with his play calling. No, but uh, he doesn't. But you look at and the Eagles, they they were trailing most. They were trailing most of the game. Obviously, it was fourteen nothing. I think after the uh, midway through the second quarter, uh, but the the Eagles still only ran the ball in the game. 14 times while throwing at 46. And and I was honestly going to get to that. Um, um, it helps me a lot. You know, 14 total times, Carson had five of those rushes, which means yep. they were really just scrambles. And, and granted, when he did scramble, he took off and it was a good decision. However... Yeah, he averaged 8.4 yeah, yards per however, carry. However, you have Miles Sanders, who is averaging six yards a carry. I get he was six of 15. I get it. But you have to give him the ball more than six times. No, yeah, I mean, if if we're going to give up, if teams gave up on running backs after averaging 
two and a half yards over six carries, uh, there would be a lot of great running backs who yeah. wouldn't have amassed uh, the yardage they did in some games. I mean, you can't. I for how much they want to throw the ball and keep Carson in the pocket. I mean, how are you supposed to have? How is he supposed to have any success when you don't have to worry about the run? And and I get it, I do, because the Seattle Seahawks have the you know the worst defense, the pass defense in the league. It yeah. has gotten better historically yeah, bad, historically defense. bad, and they have gotten better since Carlos Dunlop came over there. They they just have, and I get you want to take advantage of how bad of a passing defense they have. However, your receivers are not getting separation; they just aren't. No. And for as quick as Jalen Rager you know, is, and, you know, I know Dallas Goddard had seven for 75, and he almost had another one if uh, Carson let him a little more, but you do, I don't even, I don't even care about a balance of even. More than six times, give the Baltimore's 14 carries. I'm happy. Yeah, I mean, anything, do you know through his career he's yet to have a 20 carry game? And and what's scary is he and the biggest part is about that too, he could pop one off at any moment. Yeah, <laughs> if he got twenty yards, sorry, twenty yards. If he got twenty carries a game, I'm pretty certain that he would at least be averaging eighty to ninety yards per game. Well, and he's even averaging. I think he least. was around what the last couple games he was around sixty, and that yeah. and that was with fourteen carries. So, and I get he's been hurt all all year, and I think they're trying to semi-limit him. But I think, I, I think Doug just, I don't know why he thinks the more Carson's going to throw, the more he's, you know, he'll finally get out of this rut. I think they need, they need to go to more of like a um, Brown-style offense, which is run first, then, then pass. And I know he, t- like we said, you know, he did briefly say something about giving up play calling maybe do what andy does you know andy lets eric be enemy in the second half call the plays why because then it's not predictable let deuce call some plays deuce is your assistant head coach see what he can come up with especially when you're three seven and one what's the worst that's going to happen and going back to play going back to general play con here uh coming into last night we, we were hearing quite a bit about jalen hurts this week uh again more snaps of the ones the eagles plan to use him in more ways and then when it comes down to it on uh last last night uh jalen hurts took what two snaps he had one pass he had th- he had three the one there was three the false snaps. start penalty on the quick screen but yeah and and they asked doug about that you know why why didn't jalen hurts get more snaps and he said well the game script didn't it didn't go the way we thought um you know we were we're looking for him to get a spark but uh the the game just didn't go that way so you're gonna tell me this stagnant offense that needs a jump you couldn't find a single drive to let Jalen Hurts play yeah, quarterback. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, if we're gonna continue to give him one 
play here and there and for a total of like three plays a game. We're not going to learn shit about him this year. And I mean, it, it was all, it's always been a bad draft pick. Yes. Because of what, what they had, but it, it, it had potential. But now you're just wasting all the potential that when he can't even get in possible. No, like you, you're not going to learn anything from Jalen from one or two plays, and it's not going to change anything with opposing defenses because when Jalen's in the game, it is 90% of the time a run play, and if he's throwing the ball, it's usually a five-yard screen pass, and generally most teams can cover screens pretty well. I mean, the the Eagles, like, like we said, the Eagles offense is so predictable right now in how they're going to call the game. If they're down, they're not going to try to run the ball at all. So teams don't have to put eight, seven or eight guys in the box. But they, they will. add an extra defense. They will at I mean, times. Look at what Seattle, we saw it last yeah, night. Yeah, look what Seattle did. They uh, Jamal Adams had a field day yesterday. A field day. Yeah. And he all he was doing is going after Carson. And, they're, and every team's going to look at that and go, okay, this offensive line isn't going to be able to hold us. Well, yeah, there's that point that the opposing teams uh, could put extra guys in the box to get uh, extra men on to Carson. But either way, opposing teams are going to force Carson to throw the ball. Yeah, and I know, I know we have only seen a couple Jalen Hurts throws. I do like, and I know it. part of it is play design, is that he is getting the ball out quick. You know, you look at yes. like you look at even when Carson Wentz has a has a quick route. You know, it's supposed to be a you know read and then boom, get rid of it. Carson takes, I think, it feels like a half a second longer. Whereas even Jalen Hurts' first throw as a as a quarterback with the Eagles, it was a play action and then a dart over the middle. You know, he didn't yeah. think it was a quick boom, and they're trying to get Carson to do that, and it, it's just a. He looks totally mentally drained, and I think that's why I think you could you could see Jalen Hurts at some point come in. I don't want to be that guy, but I I can see it. I at this point I I refuse to think that uh, Doug is going to do change up anything with how he's been playing Jalen. So let's say like Carson. Let's say it's twenty. Because they play the Packers this coming Sunday. Let's say it's 20, 23 I think they would have nothing. to be losing by 30. 23 nothing at have, halftime. At least. I think they'd have to be losing by 30 in the fourth quarter for Carson to play. You mean Jay? I mean for Jalen to play uh, uh, more than a play. See, I don't – it's hard for me because I know there was – Jeff Mosher put out – uh, the report right before the game yesterday saying that Jeffrey Lurie has told Doug to put Hurts in if Carson's struggling. So if they're down 23 nothing at halftime, I think to an extent you almost have to, you know, I think for Doug, if Doug wants to keep his job, you throw Hurts in. But with the attitude he's given, I don't even know if he wants to stay. Yeah, that's 
very uh, and true that's a, and that's well. a whole nother thing. I know this off season. I think the day after this season ends, I think almost regardless if they make the playoffs, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. It will be, and the other thing with uh, Carson and Jalen is, part of me wonders if. To a point, they're not playing Jalen as much in fourth quarter, in the fourth quarter when you could play him like, like in the uh, Browns game. Mm-hmm. He probably could have played in that yeah. game, in the fourth quarter. Uh, but they kept Carson in, and to their, uh, um, to their, uh, in their in fairness, the game did come down to theoretically the last sure. few minutes, and same thing with the Seattle game here. I think part of the reason they may be doing it is because they still arguably see themselves as a possible team to make the playoffs. So at that point, uh, you keep the guy in who gives you a better chance of winning. I'll be honest, I, I have, I'm have i kind of done with Carson this season uh, because I, I don't think he's going to take any steps forward this year. No. But at the same time, I'm not sure Jalen theoretically gives you a better chance of winning any game. I mean, you're you're putting a rookie quarterback out there who got who we actually don't know how much of the playbook he knows right. at this point. Uh, Doug apparently thinks it's two plays, so he has a trash <laughs> offensive he would have a trash offensive line in front of him. Yeah. He has no receivers really to throw yeah. to. Um uh, so like, I feel like you'd almost be just setting mm-hmm. him up. Yeah, to fail, failure, sure. sure, and that that, would, that that's just going to ruin his confidence. And that and that's uh, totally fair. You know, it it is. I I can't blame Doug for leaving Carson in in the fourth quarter because Carson has shown the resiliency. And like you said, we don't know what Jalen Hurts is, and with Doug thinking they can win this division. He's not going to throw a uh, rookie quarterback in like that. Yeah. Um. I did find it interesting that tra- go into the receivers real quick. That Travis Fulgham outsnapped Alshon by two snaps. Yeah, but it felt like all the meaningful snaps was yeah. going to Alshon. Which, why? Why is Al- Alshon has been a waste of? A roster spot, legitimately every has week. He he's either yet? been injured. He has. Well, he got one. Ball, I think he had one catch yesterday. Okay, because yeah, he did. But that's but that's what I don't understand. That's what I don't understand. Fulgham is younger. He is better. And he's when it comes to size, he's he's the same size, if not a little bigger. Why? Alshon had four targets. Uh, Fulgham had two. Why? Why is Alshon even getting the snaps? I I it's, get it's a money I mean, thing. I don't know if that's a Howie decision yeah. or a Doug decision, but either way, it's it's questionable. Because you went from to say the least. you went from Travis Fulgham, the superstar, to is he even on the roster? I think part of what Fulgham is opposing teams sure. are now putting their number one. Mm-hmm. On him, but I mean, at the same time, there's been plays where it's either that Jeffrey takes Fulgham's spot on the field, and I just don't know how you can 
at this point take him off the field that and justify putting mm-hmm. uh, Jeffrey out there over him because uh, Jeffrey's a show of the player he used to be the dude is slow as hell and I mean I just yeah. Jeffrey will always be be liked in Philly because he helped win the Super Bowl but at the end of the day he's just not a good player anymore yeah. he's pretty washed and he he, he can't help you out there he's not going to no. be able to help Carson yeah, the only thing you can hope at this point is he's a good mentor for a guy like Rager who you can tell is like to an extent probably getting pretty frustrated you know when you're jumping up and down saying hey there's no corner or safety covering me and you don't get the ball I'd be pretty I'd be pretty frustrated you know and and, yeah, and that comes back to down to Carson's regression this year. That he he focuses on one receiver, he eyes him down, and that's why he's either getting sacked half the plays or throwing interceptions mm-hmm. half the plays. It, Car Carson's. It's crazy how, how I don't. No one could predict something like this happening. No, but at the same time, I feel like most of Carson's struggles are fixable. Yes. But the, the fact that it happened in year five is the reason that I'm extremely worried. And and there, it's almost like you got to hope they obviously do get them fixed because you're not going to... Carson's here. Like People can yeah, financially you, ha- you can't get rid one. of them. You can't. Yeah. Car- Carson's here for pretty much this entire contract. Because if they trade him, they're going to not have the cap space to do anything. And you're already down 60 mil in cap yeah. for next year. And and most of it, I think, to me, it's it's coaching. You know, I know coaching can only do so much, but Doug was a quarterback. Yeah. Press Taylor is a quarterback's coach. Both of those to need to make it either simpler for Carson, that way he isn't overthinking, or they need to figure out what's going on. And I know his mechanics aren't good, and you're going to tell me Doug, you know, who was Brett's backup and, you know, was with Brett the entire, you know, for a decent amount of his career, and he was here, you know, like he knows quarterbacking. So why, you know, is Doug, is Doug just not giving it the attention it needs to? Or, you know, is the message just not getting to Carson? Yeah, and I, I, I almost want to see Carson with another coach to see, is it just yep. Carson is, a, I don't I want to say a lazy quarterback, but yeah. is he, is he just, what is this what he is, or... Is this come down to coaching and not pushing? You know who enough? I would love to see, and and I know, uh, you know, there might be some eye rolls with this, but I would love to, honest to God, see Dan Orlovsky coach him. Because I mean, because not because he's an Eagles guy, but because he's been studying this for how like how many the last what at least two years, he has yeah. pinpointed 
what Carson needs, you know, to fix. And that dude, to me, especially because I've, you know, you, you see how he is on ESPN, I don't think he'd be afraid to get in Carson's ear and tell him how it is. But at the same time, like, be a teacher. Yeah, I, I, I fully, fully agree with you there. I mean, I, it's, I, 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 I'm sure Press Taylor is a quality quarterback coach, and he knows what he's doing. But you can't have. I think part. I think. I think part of it is Carson doesn't respect him enough. Yeah, it's maybe respect's not the right word. I know what you mean. Like the relationship is just. It's too. You know. Apparently, they are friends, and you. Yeah, it's too. But I. Yeah, I mean, you. I don't think you. That relationship can necessarily be buddy buddy. I think there needs to be a stern ruler it's it's like it's like any other workplace you know your direct boss cannot be or i shouldn't say cannot be but it's a lot harder when it is your friend because you have to balance you know being the friend and being the boss and if you're too buddy buddy the guy's not going to listen to you but if you're too much of a boss it's well, you know, I thought we were friends. And you look at DeFilippo. DeFilippo was more of a, he was a coach. He was the boss. And Carson responded to it well, but he didn't like it. And now they've gone the complete other way. Yep. You want to move on to the defense? Um, let me, I'm just looking in here quickly at the, uh, Stats and if there's any offensive things to quickly mention, um, uh, I guess the last thing offensively, and this is quick, is uh, I I think yesterday kind of reaffirmed that the Eagles should definitely move on from Zach Ertz after this season. Oh my God, dude! Because honestly, going into next year, I'm fine with Dallas Goddard being as the long one. as he stays healthy. As he stays healthy, bring in Richard Rodgers as the number two, mm-hmm. and then for the number three tight end, find just yeah some blocking type of tight end. Yeah, guy. exactly. Yeah, I honest to God, dude. And here's the funny part: you and I have been saying this for how long that now is the time to get rid of Ertz. Not that we don't like him, yep. but when it comes to no, val- I love right. Ertz is one of my comes, favorite Eagles of all time. When it comes to value, now is peak, and that is when yeah, you get I mean, rid of him. I think Goddard's the better all-around tight end. I mean, there's a block last night that he got absolutely he got beat on really bad, and uh, Carson got uh, mm-hmm. paid the price for it. But I, the dude, uh, I, when he comes to run routes, is just a tremendous mis, uh, mismatch. No one can guard him. Most, Nobody can. Truly, and the only reason he's not putting up elite numbers is because. His quarterback right now is trash. Yeah, and I mean the the deep ball that he did uh, get thrown that Bobby Wagner broke up. I I did kind of hope that Dallas Goddard kind of like would have went back for the ball, you know, like seeing yeah. it was underthrown. I kind of wished I saw him like kind of jump back and because he might have been able to draw a pi or even catch it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean he bringing that throw up. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was a bad throw, yeah, and I'm not. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, like it would have been. Like I would have loved to just see that, just go back for it. But 
I mean, no, I, I would re- take, and this is what Prime Mertz was doing: seven for seventy-five and a touchdown. Yeah, and he's uh, a but better that, that throw, player. that throw, Carson had, mo- I think, another throw, two throws like that yesterday. Yeah, that if he throws good passes, they both go for touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. and th- I, it seems like he, when it comes to deep ball, he just thinks he has. He this miraculous much. arm strength that he doesn't have to yeah. exert a ton of effort, and it's anything but because he always somehow underthrows guys who, if he throws a ball like he can, mm-hmm. it would be an easy touchdown, and it's just incredibly frustrating. But yeah, let's go to that defense because uh, I thought the defense played pretty well and. Well enough to probably win that game most nights like with an offense as a heartbeat. Yeah, and they've honestly the last – this is what, the third meeting in the last two years, right? Yeah. yeah with the la- this being the third meeting in the last two years, they've actually held the Seahawks in check pretty well. The last two times the score was 17-9. to I know Carson left the last meeting early with the uh, concussion – on the hit by um, I am t- Jadavian Clowney. Clown- yeah, yeah, Clowney. But I, th- I think they did a good job. I mean, no team, this team, its staple is n- you can't run against them, and, you know, until the probably around the fourth quarter. But they still, like, they held the running backs in check again. I know, I know they had a rush, you know, a couple rushing touchdowns. I, th- yeah, like what two, one or two. Uh, yes. But they were the, short the, yards. The rush defense at time was uh, uh, questionable, but mm-hmm. for the most part, yeah. It was, for the most part, it I was mean, it, thirty for twenty. I I don't even want to say questionable because they kept the Seahawks to, to two point five average. Yeah. Uh, but the the one touchdown, they actually have only one touchdown. The second one was called back, but that one touchdown was on a third and goal, second and right. goal, but was from the 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he just had a wide open um, wide open run to the end zone, which uh, I don't understand how that happens, but it happened either way. Yeah, but I think as a, as a whole, they you know they did do pretty well on on that and Darius Slay even admitted this was his worst game. I know Dylan, you are his biggest fan. Um, oh yeah, but I mean, DK DK is gonna kill us, and he it's just a fact. He's gonna yeah, get he his. Will. I was. We can get a little more into DK, but just real quick, I want to touch on Tyler Lockett disappeared. Yeah, and that's who I thought was gonna kill us because Slay was on. You know, whoever Slay wasn't covering, I was like, oh okay, the other guy's gonna have a hundred and some yards. And you didn't hear a word, a word about Tyler Lockett. Yeah, I'm not sure who was on Lockett last night, but yeah, you didn't hear a really a he word had four, about him. Four which, targets, and I think he only caught two. Yeah, which is incredibly impressive uh, for whoever was on Lockett, because Lockett's a very good uh, wide receiver. Uh, but yeah, it's just unfortunate that and. Yeah, a big, big fan of Darius Slay. <laughs> uh, I mean, 
I'm not going to lie. I'm worried about uh, long-term his viability for the Eagles. See, um, I don't know how much I I am because if like if you look for the most part of the season, he's held people in check. You know, he's held them to fifty yards or so, and it's really been the last two games. Two, he has, but at the same time, he is on pace for his, without a doubt, his lowest season in sure. ter- his worst season in terms of pass deflections mm-hmm. interceptions i mean in terms yeah. of big plays yeah. you brought in slay to make big plays play slay i mean he he's been good in terms of keeping mm-hmm. receivers yeah. mostly in check sure there's been a few here and there that have gone away gone away from him but for the most part he's kept guys in check but four pass he has just four pass deflections on the year and he has no interceptions. Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason I'm not like I'm not too too worried is because he's held guys in check. You know, we haven't had a receiver to even or a corner to even do that. We just haven't. And yes, I would love to see more pass breakups, more interceptions. But as But a, for a team that is struggling to create turnovers, not having him create yeah. those big plays mm-hmm. is certainly not yeah, helping. No, and I agree. And I think, and I think the other thing, it's a three-year deal. I'm not, I'm not really. That's why I'm not too worried. You know, because next year's year two, and True. if he holds people in check, you know, like he might not next year create turnovers, and the year after that he might not create turnovers. But as long as he's not. He's not getting torched every week like we've seen over the last two years for three, you know, for like a hundred yards or whatever. I'm I'm not gonna be thrilled, but I'll, I'll be fine with it. Yeah, and it's not my mom, uh, so <laughs> that's true. That being said, last night was not Darius no. Slay's best performance. Uh, you can you can DK. go into it. You don't even have to sugarcoat it. Go ahead. I. I mean, it was it was bad, but I mean, he's going up against a guy who I think is the best uh, wide receiver, playing as the best wide receiver in the league right now, in DK Metcalf, and at the same time, DK is on my fantasy team, so I'm not really complaining. Uh, I didn't need him to do anything to win this week, but uh, yeah, DK is uh, just an absolute beast, and it's very annoying that the Eagles. Uh, selected one J.J. Ortega-Whiteside over uh, D.K. Because uh, uh, Ortega-Whiteside's not going to be on this team next year. Why did Jim Schwartz have to say something to to D.K. before the game? Yeah, that's a great question. At the same time, I feel also... Uh, like I know DK probably ran with it more than more than what yeah, Jim said. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, we haven't beaten the Seahawks in the last how many meetings? No, Five, I agree. Six. Uh, I mean we, uh, I mean we haven't beaten the Seahawks in Philly in over twenty or thirty years. 
You know what uh, I mean? Like, yeah, I don't even know the last time the like, Eagles beat I don't Seahawks. need the Seahawks to have more fire to beat us because we can't beat them. And then, and yeah. then you're talking to the dude who, like you said, we took JJ or Thega Whiteside over him. Like it's, and I get he he probably was gonna have that game regardless. He he probably was. But yeah, it's, I mean, this the Seahawks <laughs> are just are truly the eagle. The what could have been for the Eagles pretty much historically, because mm-hmm. I mean. Going all the way back to Andy, who was the quarterback Andy wanted back in uh, 2010 or what year, 2011, whatever year yeah, Foles Russell came Wilson. out. It was Russell Wilson. That was The Eagles were going to, I think, take Wilson, but he got selected just a couple picks before I think before it was literally the, the pick before. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> let me go look it up. I mean, and it's taken Russell Wilson – a couple years to develop into what he is now. But, I mean, you're seeing why uh, Andy was so high on Wilson. Yeah. And wanted him. And and that's just always going to be, you know, a dagger that he could have been an Eagle because he's going to be a first bout Hall of Famer. Uh, the Eagles, by the way, had pick 88. He got picked number 75. Oh, okay. Oh, Oh, wait. Mm-hmm. Here it comes. Wait a second. Here it comes. The Eagles actually uh, traded back after Wilson got selected. Yeah, because they panicked. Houston, with the pick the Eagles traded back, actually took Brandon Brooks. Huh. Yeah, that's interesting. But um, And the Eagles traded back, got Nick Foles, uh... And we all know how that story ends. Yeah. So, I mean, the Eagle, for the Eagles, I mean, I guess you could say that draft pick worked out, even though it was uh, two separate tenures mm-hmm. for Nick Foles. But, yeah. uh, I mean, Carson played better when Nick was behind him. Perhaps that's the thing. Perhaps Carson isn't actually afraid of hurts like some people i wouldn't say afraid yeah, but threatened threatened uh, is the word threatened by hurts i just uh, think it's coaching i do yeah just I, flat out I, I i i think most of it's coaching i i think it's a lot of laziness in coaching a lot of laziness in him in in him because uh, that's the only thing i feel like you can chalk up this much regression to well and and the scary part is is like yes as as much as he's regressed the offense as a whole has regressed. Yeah. And the other thing about this and like with Doug in general is after last year, forgetting that Eagles team back to the playoffs after for a second straight year that they should have missed. I I I was I was all about calling Doug one of the top five coaches in football because he got the Eagles to the playoffs three straight years they should have missed the playoffs in two of those years they almost beat the Saints two years mm-hmm. ago and if they beat the Saints they may be going back to the Super Bowl that year and then this year not only has Carson regressed Doug's regressed 
as a coach entirely. It, the whole team's regressing. And I guess at this point it's cultural, it's culture, yeah. and it's from top to bottom in the organization. It feels like really after they won that Super Bowl, everybody lost their Motiv- their yeah. drive. Yeah, and and there's a lot that could have gone into that, you know. Like you look at, and and I know we've talked about it, Frank Reich. You know, he, the more we separate from 2017, the more one of a fluke it looks like, and just the more you see maybe Frank Reich. You know, was a huge part of this. Like, bigger than yeah, we I mean, thought. Yeah. I mean, Frank Wright, Jacoby Brissett's by no means a great quarterback. Hey, hey, but hey, hey, he had two touchdowns this week. How dare you? But he's made <laughs> Jacoby Brissett into a serviceable puts, NFL quarterback. Put some respect on the name. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Yeah, he he like he actually didn't look terrible last year. And look at this offense that he's dealing with with um, Indy this year. I know they drafted Jonathan Taylor, but Jonathan Taylor hasn't looked amazing. And no. he doesn't really – Phillip Rivers really doesn't have anyone to throw to. I mean, Michael Pittman's yeah. starting to come on, and he really hasn't had T.Y. Hilton at all. No. So you look at this team, and it's a very good football team. It so, is. I mean, it – I don't think they're going to be Super Bowl contenders no. this year, but they're going to yeah. get to the playoffs. And I think they go, depending on who they face in the first round, possibly win a playoff game. Yeah. Something. The unfortunate part for them is they're in the same division as the Titans. Yeah, Derek, Derek Henry's an animal. But 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 the other reason I'm not ready, I don't want to say, I don't, I've never been ready to give up on Carson. Despite what I said, I, I I don't think I'm ready to ever give up on Carson just yet, because you look at Tennessee. Ryan Tannehill, two years ago, ran out. Of everybody town. thought Ryan Ryan Tannehill was a bust, was gonna be nothing in the NFL. And he's gone to the Titans. Now, he's not a great quarterback. He's but like Brissett, he's a very serviceable quarterback. He's good at managing the game. He limits his turnovers and he gives you a chance to compete and win every week Carson doesn't need to be MVP Carson for the Eagles to be successful no he just needs to limit the turnovers that and he's I mean they got to be able to move down the ball down the field even a little bit yeah he he needs to get his mechanics back but like my big, but I was just gonna say my bi- my biggest thing with Carson too. Like people this year are acting like these turnovers have happened every year, every year. Yeah, no. Before this year, his what high was maybe eleven set, picks, eleven, eleven picks, but, twelve picks. But the last three years, it's been like seven, yeah. like five, seven, and yeah. Seven. And then and he's had the fumbling issue, which I'm I can't excuse. I can't, but. He actually hasn't fumbled it, but in three games, what feels like a couple in three games, <laughs> but maybe a career high. Yeah, as a but like seriously, as a whole, people are acting like he throws eighteen interceptions every year, and I and it's mind boggling. Yeah. Like these, like people want to run him out of town because he's not Nick. But uh, yeah, but I they mean, look at like, but they're ignoring that Nick literally isn't 
he's going to lose. Then outside of Philadelphia, Nick exactly. Foles is a bottom-tier quarterback who sucks. Yes. I, I don't know why Nick Foles can only perform in Philadelphia, but it's true. Because outside of Philadelphia, Nick Foles is a bad quarterback. He wasn't even that good the year we won the Super Bowl. He had two good games. I'm I'm going to die on that hill. I'm not even going to say he had a good playoff run because he wasn't good against... All right, I'm I'm getting too far into this Nick Foles Carson Wentz thing. Yeah, I mean we uh, went into that we went into down the, the rabbit the hole. The only thing we have to agree on is he played the best game of his Correct. life in the Super Bowl, and that's exactly. all that matters. Exactly. He he performed well when it yes, in when the it two biggest sure. games, and that's all sure. that mattered. And he'll be a legend ever have to buy a beard Philadelphia again. That being said, he's not. It's not like it, I don't think this team is much better if. At all, if Nick Foles is the quarterback. No, and... Because Nick is less mobile than yes, Carson. and this offensive line isn't going to get... Wouldn't, you know, there's... At times, there's literally no time for Carson to do anything. And Nick wouldn't... Yeah. Nick, the statue, isn't going to get out of any, any of those predicaments. And I mean, coming into the playoff game last year, we were... Or even after that, we're we're coming into the offseason, talking about how Carson is possibly a better quarterback than the likes of Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. and obviously he's not on that. He's not performing to that. Uh, no, he's not, and he was he wasn't on the Mahomes mm-hmm. or Rodgers or yeah. Wilson level, but top. He was top. Carson. Eight. He was top. Yeah, top eight, top ten quarterback. Yeah. And I, I don't know if Clowney knocked some wire and loose in him or what, but it's mind-boggling. Uh, it, it it'll be something if he never really returns to that level, and then we look back and the play that seemingly seems to turn uh, his career like that was that yeah. hit. But hopefully that's not the case. But I mean. The, I feel like we've had the same conversation uh-huh. for oh, everyone. Well, week and I now. think everyone has. It, it, it's just yeah. that's this because the quarterback is the focal point of of football of Philadelphia. You know, it's the same with goalie with the Flyers. It's the same as point guard and Ben Simmons. You know, we've been having the same conversation about Ben Simmons for the last two, three years. Three years, right? Yeah. It's the same with all. You know, main the main player on each team. It's just yeah. there are no other sports going on right now, so everyone's attention is on the quarterback. Yep. Uh, now let's let's get back to the defense real yeah. quick because we totally oh, got off topic. That was rough. Uh, um, all right, I thought the defense played pretty well. Like you said, they've played well against Seahawks pretty much the last four or five times they faced them. Uh, in terms of players that stood out to me, uh, I thought um, T.J. Edwards looked pretty good. Fletch, Fletch uh, arguably had his best game of the year. Yeah, Derek Barnett had a couple big dude. Plays. That that play in the red zone, the first oh the first my quarter. God, why did up, yo, uh, why did they the hand block, that yeah. off to him? He was already in the backfield. Yeah, that was a play that. Russ should because if Russ keeps that, it's it's a touchdown. Yeah. 
Also, if Barnett doesn't blow up the ploy that fast, it was also going to be a touchdown. <laughs> True. Um, but, but yeah, I think they played uh, overall. I you know you give them a B. Yeah, I thought it was a very good defensive performance. B. Uh, I mean, like I texted you this morning, I don't hate as uh, much as you like to make people think you. As much as I hate, I bitch about Jim Schwartz's sticks defense. Jim Schwartz is a very good defense coordinator. I'd say top ten defense coordinator in the league. Yeah, he just doesn't have talent. But his shortcomings are in, can mm-hmm. be incredibly hurtful. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he has no talent. I mean, when when is last when has he ever had a secondary that actually has talent? Um, well, I mean, for up until the Super Bowl 2017, they were, if you wanted to consider them talented, but literally not, never. Um, he's never had secure, I mean, the Eagles have a whole, as a whole, have never had corners since Lito Shepard and Sheldon Brown. You know, they've never had a combo of corners. Um, I did, speaking of defensive backs, Will Parks did get released today. I thought he played well when he was on the field, though. It was just weird. Like, they just... You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a random thing, but I guess... Uh, I guess they just want to see what uh, Gerard Avery has. Uh, and... <sighs> Yeah, it was it was a random like of all weird, the people to get rid of for Gennard Avery, like you couldn't do like Michael Jacquet or Sean Bradley, you know? Yeah, well, I think they 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 have high hopes for Michael Jacquet, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. That being said, I'm not really gonna. No, I just I just thought I, it was I mean I forgot Will Parks was on the roster to be honest. I. I didn't because I think there was it was two games ago where he played well, but then I was like last night I was like where's Will Parks? Like Jalen Mills is playing more than him. Where you know? So I mean I none of us really know, but yeah I think I think the defensive line as a whole I think had a very good game. They kept Russell Wilson under wraps a lot like the the pocket and usually he's able to get out of the pocket scrambling around and then throw it up. he really had no time to even do that like they it no. was a surrounding that they would create around him and he couldn't move josh yeah and josh sweat josh right. sweat's still having a good good year he is he's having a very good year uh jo- i think josh sweat is somebody who uh, can develop into a starter at some point in the future if not, he's a very good role player who can come off the bench and give you valuable uh, production. Um, yeah, so I, I'm a huge fan of Josh Sweat, and I do think they're going to have to keep Barnett uh, just because of the money. And he, while he hasn't shown in the past, I mean, he has shown some promise this year. And I, I don't feel like you can give up on a guy uh, at least for the Eagles, defensively like that, who has so much potential. Because look at Brandon Graham. It took Brandon Graham, yeah, years, four, five, six years, mm-hmm. to get to the point where that draft pick paid off. Yeah, and I mean, 
it's a shame because Derek Burnett, you know, like I know they love to talk about Reggie White and how he broke his sack record and and all that, but yeah, I mean he kept showing flashes of what he could be. He just never was able to be consistent enough. And not that I think that Josh Sweat is gonna become like the stud, but he's consistent. You know, he he'll give yeah. you probably one sack. Or even like a pressure, like just something, like you will notice him. Like there are some times that I just don't notice Derek Burnett. Yeah, there, there, he does. Dis- he does have a tendency to disappear, and it's it isn't is disheartening when he does disappear because of how talented he can be. But yeah, there there are definitely times where you forget that he's even on the field. Uh, and that, it, obviously, when his next contract comes up, he's not going to get... I, depending on what he wants, I don't know if you can give him the time money he's probably going to want. But at the same time, like I said, I'm just... I have a hard time giving up on that, seeing what happened with Brandon Graham. Yeah, I just don't think you're going to be able to give Derek Burnett the, the money... Not after next year. No. But eh, in terms of his fifth year option, I think you're gonna have to. Yeah. Any other any um, other thoughts on this team, no, the game? No, I I I have really no thoughts. Uh, if uh, if you've been listening to this podcast, one thank you for yeah. listening this far. Because I do know, especially this podcast, more so than past ones, it feels like we've just been rambling. But at this point in the season, I, I there's not much you can really say that. It's yeah, just, unless they were to torch the Seahawks or something, you know, like unless it was a holy crap, we're a live game. But yeah. it's not. It's it's the same stuff we've seen for the last whole year. Their their yeah, best offensive game was the first half of that uh, Washington game. Yeah, and the other thing is. is uh, I mean, this defense has performed well the last few weeks, all things considered. If the offense had a f- any type of a heartbeat, this team could legitimately win a playoff game. Yeah. But they, that's, it's just not going to no. happen. It's just not going to happen. No. Um, this is totally off topic, but we can, we can end on this. Uh, did you think of anything about the Flyers sending Michael Raffle to play overseas at all? Uh, I I at first I thought it wasn't good for uh when it comes to uh, the NHL NHL season this uh, uh but I did see that they're talking about maybe January twentieth to February first uh and then at the other point with that is I mean is raffle I'm trying to think. Let me look at the Flyers' depth chart here. I mean, they have a lot of young kids who could push for a spot. It, yeah, I mean, is it a guarantee that he's even going to have a roster spot? Um, I mean, I, I don't want to say yes, but he played. He was always, especially this past year, he was a very good fourth liner because he's. And we talked about it. 
during the season was he was between a, fir- a fourth and a third liner. So he was always above yeah. average. You know, and I know Nate Thompson was on, you know, him and Pit- Pitlick's gone, Thompson's gone. So I think there might might be a spot for him. Yeah, I'm looking now. I mean, in terms of your wingers, you got Drew and Voracek on the first line, probably. TK. You got Lindblom. TK. You got Limblom. You got Abe Kubel. You got JVR. Maybe Farabee. and maybe Frost if Frost makes it. Frost or Bunneman. But most likely on Frost. the wing. Well, Frost can play center too. Yeah, but don't you already have four? Because Nolan. If no one pl- if no one plays, yes. I think he might. I think he might. Uh, I hope. He I'm does. not. Listen, I'm if not he... saying he he'll play all year. He might he might play a month, but opening day roster. You know he's he's probably going to be there. And then you got, I mean, Carson Torinsky, no. I, I who who probably is one of those guys who's going to float up and down or be a scratch. Who was that? Who was that guy no. they signed uh, two years ago that they did that to? You know who I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Was it Justin something? It didn't start with a J. Was that the 2018 19 <laughs> Yeah. I felt so bad. Uh, it was like every other game they would send him to Lehigh. Yeah, I'm trying to think now. Uh, God, who was that? <laughs> uh, totally wasting time with doing that, but. Yeah, but but now I need to know. <laughs> yeah, that's I just typed in the Valley High Valley Phantoms roster. I mean, twenty nineteen. Justin Bailey. Justin Bailey. Oh, Justin <laughs> Bailey. I saw Justin Bailey score a hat trick uh, against the Phantoms last year. Dude, dude is tall as hell. <laughs> let me tell you that. The dude's six oh, four. So on ice skates, he's like six I felt seven. So bad for Justin. For Justin Bailey, because every other game he was sent to Lehigh Valley, and like, can you just imagine, like, you're with the team, and then you gotta drive to Lehigh Valley, and then you gotta drive like to the airport, like, constantly. Yeah, yeah that, that was suck. worth it, though. But, uh, that was totally. In worth my it. brief encounters with Justin Bailey, he's a cool guy. Oh, that's uh, nice. But yeah. I mean, Flyers, we have no idea when they're going to start up um, just yet. Uh, hopefully we find out soon. Sixers start preseason uh, in a week and a half, I think. Uh, December 15th, I think they start their preseason um, with uh, two games. The first one against the Boston Celtics. It's going to be on TNT. And then they faced, I think, think the Pacers on December 18th uh, before getting started on the uh, 22nd. Maybe we can do a little pre preseason, not necessarily like go over the games, but just a little what we're what we're lo- looking forward to. And Yeah, definitely. We definitely have a I, we, Flyers, I mean Sixers, yeah. uh, season preview episode. 
Because Doc, uh, Doc, Doc did say a couple interesting things today, but we're running out of time. You yeah, know. and my laptop is at seven percent remaining, so I, I think it's a great place to wrap it up. Uh, and yeah, so if you made it this far again, thank you for listening to another episode of the Cheese Steaks and Seven Hundred Level. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. Leave a like. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Comment on it. Do what you have to do to help get our podcast out there. Share it with other Philadelphia sports fans. We have. We're very excited about the future of the podcast. I think there's a lot of special things that are going to come in the future. 2021 is going to be a big year for us. Uh, so, thank you for being here on the journey so far. And. Uh, I think both I can speak for both of us that we're very excited uh, for the future of the podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I just totally. And with that, I think we're gonna end it there. So uh, oh have a good night, everybody. Uh, and uh, go birds. Yeah, we're just not we're, go birds. Question we're mark? not gonna even preview. Preview this game against the uh, the uh, Packers on Sunday. Uh, so, Austin, uh, how bad did the Eagles lose on Sunday? 20-plus points. All right, I'm going to go 32. Uh, not 32, but 30 points for the Packers to 16 for the Eagles. And uh, with that, thanks for listening, Thank and we'll see you.